0: Welcome to another episode of The Divine Flow Podcast. This is your host Kaimani Alaya, and I hope all of you had a wonderful Christmas. Today we have a very special guest with us, and I can't wait to introduce you to her. She is super talented, has been such a role model on my own personal path, and uh, Yeah, let's just get her on. I want you all to meet Kathleen. She is a holistic health and life coach, and she helps victims of abuse reclaim their innocence. And yeah, she is a musically talented genius and remarkable in so many ways. So, hello, Kathleen. Thank you for being here.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's such a joy. So, uh, where are you joining us from? Like, it must be day for you, right?
1: Yeah, it's uh, bright and sunshiny here. I am um, in the Texas area.
0: Perfect. And it's super foggy with a full moon moon. In India. So, interesting <laughs> blend of energies for tonight.
1: Oh. Yeah, for sure. That sounds very mystical.
0: Yeah. So, everyone listening, <laughs> today's theme is going to be in depth, t- uh, a kind of a serious topic. So, if you listen with children, this is not a kid friendly episode. So, this week we are going to be talking about SRA and mind control programming. And uh, before we begin, Kathleen and I would be reading a teacher, uh, reading a, a, prayer from our she, dearest teacher, Liana Shanti. So, Kathleen, ready whenever you are. It sounds great. All right, Jesus and Mary, Jesus we and come Mary, to we you come with Jesus, surrender, with surrender in our, heart, in our
1: hearts, and with love and as
0: with
1: love our, our offering.
0: offering. We understand
1: We understand that
0: all things, things are not, not known, known to us
1: and that, that evil prowls among us to seek the ruin of souls. souls. But our, but our faith, faith in you is, you unwavering. is unwavering. Our trust, trust in, in your, your guidance, guidance unflinching. unflinching. We stand, stand strong,
0: strong in unity, unity before, before you. Humble, humble that, we that we have been, been able to bejuka, purge darkness.
1: Come together to (laughs) purge darkness from out (laughs) of the shadows. We have experienced the depths of confusion, confusion, sadness, and pain in our journey to understand the dark dark that moved moved through the the lives of so many lightworkers. We know you you have made us stronger through these trials, more steadfast and dedicated to light through our shared experiences. experiences. We are more More determined than than ever to be beacons of light, in all the places where darkness wishes, wishes to hide. I ask I that you bless, bless each and every and soul among us in this community, that we each will find peace, understanding, understanding and growth through this journey. I ask, I ask that you strengthen the hearts of each and every soul to know her worth, believe to in her, her purpose for being on earth at this time, and keep her on the path of light. I ask for extra protection for each and every worker here as we move forward and to continue guiding us with your extreme compassion, strength, and love. I ask for lessons to be gentle and clear, for our hearts to be healed, for the joy of walking this path to be amplified, and for the abundance, health, and happiness of all who call this community
0: home. In Jesus' name, Amen. Perfect. What a beautiful prayer. So, Kathleen, can you please tell our audience what does actually SRA and the Mind Control Program is all about?
1: Yes, so um, SRA is Satanic Ritual Abuse and... It's been going on for a very long time. Um, There's an Illuminations forecast where Liana goes into detail about this and just um, how it's been, like, within Egypt, um, all these different ancient societies, the Mayans. So it's basically grounded in uh, sacrifice and appeasing it's all about appeasing demons and offering them energy, offering them, um, human sacrifice, animal sacrifice, and, um, like the modern iteration involves a lot of, um, siphoning of children's energy, um, and just a lot of really grotesque evil, I mean, just yeah. It's beyond what most people can imagine. And um, it's very rampant. And then the mind control like goes hand in hand with that. And um, uh, I feel like that in its modern iteration came, came into being during Nazi Germany and um, Joseph Mengele. Uh, I believe Liana called him the father of modern-day mind control. And you may know of him. He had done experiments on twins, on children, and a very sadistic man. So then mind control was used um, by the, the CIA and if you look it up on Google, it will say it's a CIA program that was then like retired, but it's not retired. And um, I would say pretty much all celebrities are under mind control and politicians, and so it's about like perceiving the human as a computer and installing programs to. Make the human function in a particular way to satisfy dark aims um, and hijack them into not being sovereign but to serving the darkness, basically.
0: Wow. Okay, so uh, before we dive further into it, I feel like this is a very important topic and episode for people to understand one that even if they don't believe or you know even if they don't have memories of SRA if it happened to them it's very important to understand how rampant it has been and no one has been for the most part talking about it. There is a lot of ignorance on it and with the mind control programming that you have mentioned. I feel for the SRA survivors for us, the programming was super intense and literal, but it is also very rampant on the macro level. So as we go further, I feel that uh, we would be talking about that. So it would be great for like, it's a great educational episode for like everyone, the survivors, the one who are in the process of uncovering their memories and as well, the overall public in general. So yeah, um, Before we go further, uh, Kathleen, did you have any particular trigger or something that happened before these memories for you furnished?
1: Well, I'd actually um, dated someone in uh, 2011 who like very early on when we were dating, he told me some pretty dark stuff like about how he'd checked himself into a mental hospital, and they had, like, induced near-death experiences on him, and, like, it was just kind of outrageous to me at the time, but he was the first person who said that he felt like I might have been uh, mind-controlled, and what he experienced at that mental hospital, that's very much what they do with it the MKUltra within the mind control system. So, um, and then when I was with him, I was very much playing out the, what's called the beta, the sex slave programming. And that was a very like enmeshed relationship and very, very difficult to get myself out of. And during that time, I started reading. I just like really went down the rabbit hole in terms of different sites of SRA and all the different, um, like satanic players, current and past, um, including Alistair Crawley, who Liana mentions in this week's um, Illuminations. Um, so I feel like that was kind of the beginning for me uh, being with him. And then when everything started to surface with pizza gate and all of that, like I was very much attuned to go, what was going on with that. And I'd always felt like there was something there for me, but not very clear. And then it was once I fully left my family cult and moved out of my hometown. Um, Then that's when all of the physical, like energetic stuff began to happen and it all started to bubble up from
0: beneath the surface. Wow. Like what a journey it has been. Into. I feel like you are very knowledgeable in this because whenever I had any uncoverings or something was coming up, you knew you had awareness of, okay, what could be the possible thing going on? And yeah, and uh, for me, I feel my uncovering was from reading your experiences. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. Because, you know, what I thought SRA programming or mind control is like, you know, a US or maybe a UK thing, it would <laughs> not be over here. So. Right. Yeah, because I was like, okay, M K Ultra, CIA thing. So I don't think so it would be over here, right? And uh, well, (laughs) now we know better. Um, But yeah, and uh, I remember when Uh, this when before you had started sharing about this you had been away from your phone for a while and there were some technical issues with it so do you feel this was like connected to that in some way of your memories coming up
1: yeah it was interesting how it all played out because and I feel like it was really catalyzed by my birthday in 2022 because already at that time I was starting to have some panic attack feelings, which I had really not had. I'd had anxiety before, but never like these extreme panic attacks. So then, um, on my birthday, my left, lower left, uh, teeth in the back, my jaw started to really hurt and there was some mother wound stuff coming up. And, um, for those <laughs> on the podcasts who aren't aware, like, Our teacher, Liana Shanti, um, she talks about the mother wound and how mother issues are associated with the left side of the body. So when that was all coming up, I um, was delving into like looking at pictures from infancy and just tapping into, okay, like what's the depth of this sadness and feeling of abandonment and isolation. And so then uh, that's when like the panic attacks began to surface and everything just completely unraveled in my life. And I was like non-functional and experiencing such bizarre, like energetic and physical, um, issues. And then that subsided and I began to uncover like what had truly happened and the significance of like my birthplace, my birth time. And then shortly after that, like my, I um, my phone died, and I wasn't able to afford a new one at that time. And I feel like that was kind of divine protection, um, just to keep me off of like the technological realm because there's a lot that you can research about how
2: um, yeah.
1: people are targeted via technology via their phones and. So I really feel like that was like a divine, like just cocooning time to just process everything. And then as soon as I got a phone again, I became so committed to speaking out like every single day and just really putting this all out there.
0: Wow, that's so intense. And I feel just because not recognizing what might be going on and you being by yourself and, you know, that's just scary for like the inner children and just in general as well and all the crazy symptoms that come up
1: yes (laughs) terrifying
0: (laughs) yeah I feel that's why you speaking out like just had such a profound effect because I would read your posts, okay and the thing is I would be like yeah this is bad okay and but I didn't have any uh huge emotional reactions to it there was this layer of numbness to it and uh, eventually like I told you I feel that I feel I might have had these experiences and I'm not sure and I don't know was it like divine or whatever I felt this electrolution from my wired earphones in my right ear like uh, they give you electric shocks in the head, right? So it was just like gave me the same sensation. And then the most bizarre event happened. I was sleeping and my house helped cut herself and I woke up to like a little pool of blood. And I was like so grossed out. And I was like, I don't understand why is this happening? And you know, because... Uh, nothing happens by coincidence and that opened the floodgate for the memories for me to surface and of course with the support you have offered in Liana's clearings that's how it unravelled
1: oh wow that's really intense
0: yeah I feel the universe always gives us nudges to help us you know unlock these memories in bizarre ways at times but nonetheless they do yes. come up. Um, and how important was the role of, you know, physically clearing your body of parasites and candida for these memories to surface for you?
1: Yeah, that's been really, really significant. Um, so like when the panic attacks were happening, it was initially I thought it was a heart issue, and it was actually my spleen, and I had never, like, even known about the spleen, (laughs) Um, even considered it until then, but it was these, like, uncontrollable spasms in my spleen um, that were creating so much fear, and um, just this complete sense of dismantling within my body, and a lot of energetic interference as well, like, um, just feeling demon energy and having these very bizarre dreams, waking up with like a sense of doom. uh, Very, very intense. So then it became clear to me that parasites were like a major issue. And I'd done a lot of work in terms of clearing candida with the health mastery Institute, um, candida cleanse, but, uh, the parasites, it was like opening a can of worms, like literally with all of this coming up. So, um, I had to become, and still have to be really diligent with that. Um, and there was like a period of time when I could like feel them dying and, just such weird sensations and so as I've continued clearing those like I don't have the panic attacks anymore I don't have that sense of doom um there's just a lot more peace but that is really like such a crucial element so
2: yeah. um,
1: Health Mastery Institute has a lot of guidance with that and just um there's also like the consciousness aspect with that. There's been a lot of having to visualize and declare sovereignty and declare that I am worthy to occupy my entire body because with this kind of abuse, like like these other beings believe they have a right to your body, that they own your body, and that lasts much longer than the abuse itself like yeah ultimately they they want you to be condemned to that state for your life so the parasite cleansing is a major component with clearing that
0: yeah it's huge like the uh, and crazy and bizarre beyond measure so for those who are listening uh, the these sensations like how i experienced it i would start with that and then kathleen can share her experiences on it more for me, it was just like something was interfering in your head, and there were like voices which I knew weren't mine, which weren't love filled, which were dark and of doom and gloom. And it just tells you things that you're not worthy, you don't own your body, and there are like a lot of energetic commands to it, and you just feel enslaved and that's what the purpose of this programming is so that they could just you know keep harvesting energy out of people like uh, they have like the matrix they use people children as energy supplies these beings and physically like the panic attacks yes like they are huge the anxiety the like just so many bizarre things that might have happened in your life that you couldn't ever connect certain amount of disassociation from your body I think especially like you don't feel that you belong here or uh, this lack of trust or this feeling that you can't truly connect with someone so and also like I feel when the abuse starts coming up there could be a lot of just it just hinders you to perform basic tasks like getting up using the bathroom just having your you know basic bowel movements or you know uh actual physical sensations or just eating in general like even like gulping down food and yeah kathleen would you add to that
1: yeah that's all like such a great way of explaining it completely and what you say about the um children as harvesting sources like you describe it so well um, and I feel like a really big thing for me was that um, for a while I had been like pretty hypersexual in terms of how I interacted in the world and even when I was with my partner and we were monogamous like we were having sex a lot and um It turned out that she was my false twin, so it wasn't an aligned relationship. So there was definitely some harvesting uh, going on there. Like she would, she would get high, and we would have sex. So then, if someone is using weed or alcohol, they're connecting with, even unknowingly, they're connecting with like the astral plane entities. Um, So yeah, (laughs) I just want to like clarify for people who aren't aware like the astral plane entities it's what we're talking about in terms of these uh, beings who harvest the energy so
2: yeah. Um,
1: so basically it was like I experienced a lot of like just peace and just normal everyday life when I was still giving over my sexual energy in some way and recently like I'd come into a much deeper commitment with Jesus and no longer wanting to masturbate while having a fantasy um instead like making masturbation solely an experience of the sacred and um as soon as i made that switch i feel like that was a significant there was like a significant backlash because i had been conditioned and programmed to be giving my sexual energy and as long as i was doing that i was complying and then (laughs) As soon as I stopped, um, that's when all of this started to come up. And exactly as you're saying, like the difficulty with the simplest tasks, being able to eat, digest, uh, use the bathroom, like the most basic things um, have been interfered with. And um, I feel like there's – I no longer feel like that temptation to – masturbate or give over my sexual energy in a misaligned way, but I feel like for so long, like that's been, that was my role. And once I stepped out of my role, then there was like a punishment that came. So now it's like clearing that. And as you're saying, like stepping into worthiness, sovereignty, wholeness, um, and then, like, as certain flashbacks have come up of certain abusers or certain memories, um, feeling certain parasites activate in my body and certain parts of my body feel stimulated. Um, so there's just been so much, like, need to just lean on Jesus through all of it because it's so intense.
0: 100 okay so just like for context for the audience um thank you for mentioning about the astral plane entities so um liana shanti um is our teacher who is connected to jesus and brings the information from the causal plane uh, most of the new age stuff channeling tarot reiki is done with astral entities like all of it it's dark uh they're they they do not have any existence of their own They are bankrupt spiritually, so they feed on human suffering. And to do that, they create more suffering. So that's one. Secondly, parasites. Every human has parasites. It's physically impossible to be a human and not have parasites. And while we're talking about it, on the full moon, parasites are more active during this time. So a good parasite cleanse, like Kathleen mentioned, HMI has one. is really powerful for that. And, uh, now, uh, talking about, uh, we'll talk about these programs, like as we go further, but really, uh, let's talk about Jesus and how, you know, you can deepen your connection with him, your relationship with him and how he has carried you through this process.
1: Yeah, it's been really magical. Um. I feel like such a big catalyst for all of this coming up and for stepping into a deeper connection with him was when, um, last year in Liana's community, we were all praying. We were doing these like prayer vigils and praying a lot. (laughs) And, um, I was getting into the habit of praying every hour and Liana had recommended these particular prayers. It's, um, the evil pot prayers. I I don't know if you want to maybe link that in the description. Um, I can send it to you. But um, yeah, I was just like flooding myself with prayer. And it was illuminating all of this darkness. And one of the most significant things that happened very early on was um, hearing the song Jesus Loves Me. But sung in, like, a mocking voice. Like, that's one of the big hallmarks with the Satanists, is mocking Jesus in every possible way. So um, there was no choice, because it was, like, such foreign territory. There was no other choice but to lean on him. And, like, he was guiding me through every single night, these, like, all-nighters of purging and intensity on all of this, like, bizarre stuff and so I feel like every night like just gaining more and more trust and feeling more and more of his presence and it's just been this continual like unfolding and opening and every day um, I take a walk to this church that's in my neighborhood and there's this beautiful cross there and every day I walk past the cross and I'm like feeling him with me. Like I was able to feel more and more the sense of his presence versus the presence of darkness. And it's just been a really exquisite journey and it's made it so that I feel very open in being very vocal about, um, him and my love for him because it has really saved my life and it continues to evolve in a really magical way and um yeah he's everything
0: (laughs) (laughs) that sums him up perfectly so um for everyone listening when we are talking about jesus it's not the church jesus or like the old testament one that's like an evil uh, being so what we are talking about is having a personal relationship with Jesus the true Jesus which we have come to have one with the teachings of Liana Shanti our teacher and uh, yeah I feel like none of this can be you know moved through without him Jesus because all those nights of insomnia where you close your eyes and you see the faces of evil and the different kinds of fears being activated are just being incapacitated at times and he's there reminding you that you're loved and I feel a huge component of the SRA program that you have mentioned is how the lens they go to to make you forget jesus to you know to i think disrupt your relationship with him because as children we are born as beautiful souls and we have a soul so that means we are connected to divine and jesus is the ultimate avatar of that unconditional love so we all are connected to him but just like going to these crazy lens to disrupt our relationship with him it's like the hallmark of SRA as Kathleen has mentioned and uh, yeah I uh, like when I reflect back upon the most challenging part of my journey with SRA had been the times where I was abused by people who dressed up as Jesus and read me verses and I would have these feelings of shame and guilt with being in Jesus's energy and I was like I know it's not the true you I know it's projections but I still feel fear and then his energy and reassurance every step of the way like it's safe I caught you that was huge
1: yeah definitely that's really beautiful and I wanted to mention also like the moments I've had where particular handlers or abusers have come through in dreams or as you were talking about, like drifting off to sleep or even like images of actual demons and Satan and like how as soon as I call on Jesus, like he banishes these beings instantly. And it's so like no nonsense and fierce and like that fierceness has really helped me be fierce in ways that i didn't know i could in terms of speaking out about this and just feeling his presence like shielding me so just seeing his like immediacy with canceling out darkness and keeping me protected when i call on him is has just been like awe-inspiring
0: 100 percent. it's I think it never ceases to amaze us, like if we reflect back on it, the ways Jesus shows up and you know, dismantles darkness or their attacks and everything. So uh for everyone listening, Kathleen has a beautiful substack on Shining the Light, where she had exposed her abusers and her experience with the SRA. I have one which is Jesus delivered me where I share how he freed me from a lot of chains of the SRA abuse and his fierce protection. So if you are looking for hope and diving deeper, those are, you know, you can go to those. And uh, now, Kathleen, can you please share more about the relationship between childhood sexual abuse and SRA? Because I feel the sexual abuse is, like, such a key part of the SRA.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, any sexual abuse that's happening before age seven, like, it's very targeted, it's very intentional to fragment the child as much as possible and um, perpetuate the sex slave programming and to just make the victim dissociate and make them like a prime harvesting source. And um, so much of child sexual abuse, like I mean, all of it creates so much shame and guilt. And so that makes it very, very difficult to truly enter the healing process when you're carrying those states. And the more traumatized someone is, the more controllable they are. So um, if someone has been sexually abused, it can be very hard for them to then later break out of that pattern in terms of perpetuating that with abusive partners and handlers. And it's a very like sticky web of evil that gets, um, created there. And, um, that's part of like a larger overall agenda to sexualize children and normalize that, uh, dynamic because, um, That's, as we were saying, like that's the Satanist prime harvesting source is children, is the innocence of children. So the more that someone can be fragmented, the less they're likely to free themselves, the less they're likely to see the truth. And um, they just never can integrate unless they find the true healing path
0: yes and what's so important about our sexual energy is it's the force of creation right and it's the portal to the divine for women especially the womb and uh, it's our seed of creative power it's like our seed of ultimate power so when we are robbed of that assaulted out of it uh, feeling like a victim the shame the guilt and With sexual abuse being so rampant, with most of these incidents, majority of them happening in families itself, a lot of people are numbed out to even the awareness that they were sexually abused. So that's like one key part. So I feel the work we did for like clearing our bodies of parasites and candida would have like awakened that and as well as, you know, energetic work to go along with it, but so many people would be, like, numb to the abuse that was done to them. What do you think about this, Kathleen? Like, the extents of SRA are so deep, but, you know, there aren't many people talking about it. Most don't even remember, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, And, yeah, I think when people encounter this information, like, they can only absorb it, based on their level of openness, what they've done in terms of their healing. Um, If you look it up, like from a mainstream context, it's debunked. It's called a conspiracy. So um, definitely, I feel the more people speaking out about it and normalizing, speaking out about it and and knowing, you know, setting examples of people who aren't in that shame space the more people who are doing that um, and talking about it openly, then it just helps others begin to potentially tap into that for themselves. But uh, when we talk about like the physical cleansing, like that's such a huge aspect of it because as I've continued the cleansing process, I'll have these sensations and just images come up and things that aren't completely tangible or completely can be put into words, but that I'm being shown on a deeper level what has happened. So the more people that are clearing their bodies in that way, they begin to tap in in a deeper level, develop that trust in themselves and begin to see the truth and know that the more they uncover it, the more it doesn't have to control them that
0: they can actually walk forward into a free life. So true. And I feel for the ones who are listening also, everyone has their own uncovering process because the last time me and Kathleen had a conversation, it was on the a clubhouse chat and where we had talked about our experience with PTSD and anxiety and depression all the while, doing the physical cleaning part, just completely unaware of what was at the root of it that we're talking about today. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was a great chat. I'll link that as well for our audience. Because the physical aspect, like we can't overlook it. Because I feel one thing that this programming does is totally disassociates our trust in our own self our trust in what is right what is true is this my higher self speaking or Jesus speaking or is it darkness speaking or you know uh, it's just a lot of like fear panic chaotic energy within the person themselves because it's just like I don't know I just get the imagery of you know the that monkey toy you have you must have seen which like you know has these symbols in their hand and then you turn the um i don't know the battery of it and it's just like the monkey dances and our programming generally makes us that and dissociates us too much that we just have a hard time realizing oh my body is feeling this or i can trust my body so the physical cleaning part like has to be emphasized so much more
1: yes definitely and also like I just see like the whole like divine plan for my life and just how like years ago I began becoming really invested in hiking every week and like spending so much time with mother nature and that's another huge element with the trust and the physical component like developing so much trust in being out in nature, so much of that love and her nurturing energy. And I feel like when people are really tapping into that, then it gives them the courage to look at what's, what's there. And like the more you're just being with and sitting in nature, like she illuminates things for you in a really beautiful way.
0: Of course, like feeling loved is the medicine we all need. And also, especially like grounding our, because our lower chakras get damaged the most. So our root, our sacral, our solar plexus, like they get that grounding in peace to actually, you know, start doing the work, the cleansing that we are called to do.
1: Yes, absolutely. And and I think like people have experienced... Um, this kind of abuse, and then if they don't have, um, you know, if their parents were abusers also, uh, which is usually the case, um, they might feel, like, very alone and, like, well, how do I get that love? But, like, that love is always available through Jesus, through Mother Earth, and then through our healing, through Liana's programs, we realize we have that love within us and the more that we're tapping into that foundation, then the uncomfortable and dark stuff can be revealed to be released.
0: So true. Uh, Kathleen, would you like to tell us more about these handlers and how they can show up in one's life or how they did for you?
1: Yeah. um, So, I mean, there were the, the abusers that I mention in the article, and then my parents, and I'm uncovering more about my extended family as well, Um, oftentimes that's the case where a whole family, it will be this like lineage, it's been in the lineage for a long time. Um, And then I remember my first, one of my first like very strong friendships was with a Girl who was older than me, and I would say she's a narcissist. And she exposed me to a lot of um, I mean, I guess I'd already been exposed, but (laughs) she was um, she liked to listen to and watch things that weren't like age appropriate, and so it was keeping me in that mode of the hypersexualization. And I remember feeling this really like addictive feeling with her because I didn't like being at home with my parents, although at that time I didn't know why. And then I was like turning to her as like a refuge and it just started this whole pattern of being attracted to narcissists and having these strong connections with them. So like, any narcissist that shows up in your life is a handler. And they're all meant to take you out of yourself to continue that harvesting process to keep you blind uh, to the truth to keep you locked into shame. And a lot of them are operating unconsciously, but it's like, the more you continue on this journey, the more you see how the non-physical affects the physical so this dark, satanic realm, it's influencing these people to have this control over you, to keep you doubting yourself to keep you obsessed with them, to keep you in a codependent state so um, it was only like in 2021 when everything came up with the scandemic and that whole awakening that I dropped like all of my handlers um, so they have a really strong like magnetic pull and it takes a lot of healing to release yourself and that's like a crucial element of the process
0: <laughs> He's so true Okay, so if you look at this whole puzzle of healing, number one, being in a safe space, having your grounding with Mama Earth, Jesus, and physically cleansing your body, and then the energetic programs of Liana. So these are like key aspects in healing. But also, I think there's another part that comes with it, which is uh, facing the guilt and shame and uh, the coping mechanisms the destructive coping mechanisms that we willingly engage in willingly but unconsciously engage in uh so would you like to talk about those things because I feel people it just becomes hard for people to look at those actions and being like oh this was a trauma response or this was my programming
1: yeah um like a really big part for me with that has been connecting more and more with my inner children and just developing such a love for them. And um, so that's through Leanna's programs and connecting with them through old photos and like connecting to things that I used to love as a child and just like my different, like, quirks and silliness and like that magical childlike aspect has started to come through more. So the more that's come through and the more I feel like a commitment and a devotion to them, the less I feel called to engage in any of those coping mechanisms and they no longer have a draw for me anymore. But like I used to, I mean, a long time ago, I drank alcohol smoked weed and then for a while up until just the last few years, um, would do things that were misaligned sexually and was it, you know, would watch
2: porn and
1: be on there was a period when I was using like sex chat rooms and um, just a lot of like messy, distorted stuff sexually. And the more I've developed that Bond with my inner children, like those things don't have a pull on me. And in terms of like the shame and guilt, it's like because I'm developing that compassion for the inner children, then I'm having compassion for that adult self who was acting out in that way. And I'm seeing that it was a way that I was trying to get love and get connection and playing out the programming. And I'm just able to like give her like a nurturing hug and be like, it's okay. And um, as I've continued with that, the shame is, is less and less. And I feel like I can just be very open about my experience. um, Because it makes total logical sense to act out in that way when there's, when you haven't done the healing work. So um, and then of course, Jesus as well being such a huge component with that so um yeah it's definitely creating that bond with myself that self-love that dissipates the craving um to do those things but then the shame as well
0: yeah I feel that's so beautiful the way you have deepened your connection with your inner children and that's so true about you know these various forms of I feel addictions that end up happening of sorts and As like, you know, if you're abused as a child, that becomes part of her energy feel. And then we continue to attract that because I feel for me, I didn't have like a friend exposing me to this stuff, but I had the phone and I wanted an escape out. So I was exposed to, I don't even know what sexting was until I was way in college, but I was exposed to it as a teenager. And, you know, these people you talk to, strangers or, you know, video game addictions or addiction to sugar, these sugar cravings, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> huge. <laughs> very, that's
1: a very big one. Yeah.
0: yeah, and it's just like some sort of obsession or, you know, addiction that's there that keeps us, you know, sucked into that. That's also like stealing our energy, you know, in one way or another.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, such a big thing that Liana emphasizes is being with discomfort. And I feel like my capacity for that has grown so much in the past few years to I'd rather just be with the discomfort and get through it than continue to numb because the love and like the medicine of Jesus is so worth with all of that discomfort like he has given me so much courage to just be with that so like I can so relate with the sugar cravings like that consumed my life for so long and it's just so clear like the love of the divine the love of Jesus Mother Earth it's like infinite beyond anything that an addiction
0: can give us So beautiful and so true. So um, did you have your memories physically come up first or were they intellectually coming up first? Because while we're talking about addictions, for me, like I used to like, I used my inner children would want to just watch something and to numb out for a little bit before and physically feel like the anxiety before you know revealing the memories and just you know so that used to be a process for me where they would want to like numb out for a while to like prepare to sit with the discomfort and so because generally for me these kind of things and awarenesses first shows up in the body and the brain is like what the fuck is happening why do I feel this way and you know all these aches and pains so how does it show up for you
1: Well, with the SRA and MK Ultra stuff, like, um, it was coming in in, like, bits and pieces, but with that extreme, like, physical response and um, developing so much uh, bodily tension, like, trying to protect my heart, uh, because that's that's one of the programs they'll have. Like, if you and Liana talks about it in Illuminations, like, if you remember, your heart will stop. Like, they have this whole programming around that. So I was having just all these extreme uh, responses and um, this whole, like, fear of, like, how is my body even sustaining itself? Like, I could die at any time. Like, all of that extreme panic. And as I and then like you had been talking about like the voices coming through the voices of other people the voices of the handlers and that was coming through as well so um as that began to like diminish a little bit i began to just be lying in bed and i would see the different faces of the people i would see see and feel different things being done uh you know that i was remembering And um, now it's a much more mild process, but now I feel like I'm having uncovering with flashbacks pretty regularly, like, throughout the day. And I feel like it's very much related to what's happening with the physical cleansing. And for me, everything is, like, in my womb and my gut. Like, the rest of my body is very... Like flowy, and you know, I never get headaches, I never get colds, like, it's all just womb and gut. And as I'm continuing with the parasite cleansing, I'll just be like working, you know, during the day, and I'll see and feel uh, certain things from sexual abuse from SRA. And like, now it's a much more gentle process um because i've uncovered so much so it's much less jarring yeah um that's how it comes up for me is the more i'm cleansing the womb and gut the more is revealed
0: yeah it doesn't throw you off that much anymore eventually but um how would uh like how would you look back at that time when you're uncovering this abuse and it just like totally stops you and you know incapacitates you or you know your ability to work and function because I feel uh, I had that feeling come up that I am just like falling behind I have forgotten how to function and you know there are these feelings that just come up so how did you uh, overcome those feelings like because you know there are certain aspects which end up lagging behind when you're deep into cleansing this right of your life
1: yeah it was intense and it's taken I'm still doing like reframing around it and at that time I just I mean our community is so amazing and there have been a lot of people who've been really generous with helping me financially and sending prayers and so I just really had to like humble myself to being open to help in that way because I really prided myself on being very independent and not needing anyone so I really had to like open up to that and I had done a post a few weeks or a few months ago about being in a rehab uh, (laughs) process and like How that's really what it is like i mean even on a very literal level like sometimes children who undergo this trauma they're drugged so you're detoxing from that and so just reframing it like okay i'm in my rehab process right now so certain things are going to fall behind certain things are going to be like messy and just that reframing and like expanding to embrace the experience as it is versus trying to, like, force myself into I need to be on top of this, this and this, like, continuing to release that and then continuing, you know, knowing and trusting that I can move forward, I can provide for myself and um, not letting myself be frozen. Uh, So finding that balance between the two. So really just dropping that shame and reframing, expanding the self compassion aspect has been so huge. And then also hearing about other people's experiences and just how I feel like sometimes hearing about another person's experience and feeling the sadness for them and seeing how much it's incapacitated them at times, it can help you have more gentleness
0: with yourself yeah that's so beautiful and graceful and uh music was a huge part of your healing process right singing to jesus singing to inner children and i think i have found a lot of comfort in the music that you produce and your voice when when going through intensity so yeah how did you know because i i remember there was a point where you know you couldn't even produce music that's so secret and close to you so how did that journey go for you yeah um
1: that was an intense time like not being able to uh, having too much fear and panic to be able to even create in that way but as I was continuing with those like all-nighters with Jesus, I call them, I began to just feel drawn to sing certain things to him. A lot of times in the shower, the lights off, just like in my little <laughs> cocoon, and just um, singing whatever I felt called. And it was so nurturing and so soothing, and just that was such a big element of like the self healing and Liana has a session in the mother wound program of singing as well. And just, um, it was like Jesus was nudging me and I was beginning to feel more and more safety um, to sing. And it's been really beautiful. Like your feedback and other people in the community, like, I had a friend tell me that her inner children wanted to hear me sing the other day. And like, I feel like Jesus has really, through the way my voice is healing myself, helping me to reach other people in that way. And that's really sacred. So now I feel a lot lot more confidence and safety with the music and also, um, Listening to particular songs that are uplifting or help me with like catharsis, that's been really beautiful as well.
0: So lovely, and what a precious gift to have. And uh, uh, Kathleen, in fact, offers that uh, offers you your personalized song, like for people who like dreamt about you know having a song written about them or composed for them Kathleen does that so and she is so truly gifted in it and it's so calming and soothing and love filled so if you're looking for you know music that's soothing music that's like divine feminine energy music that's love filled or even custom songs like you should definitely check out Kathleen
1: oh thank you
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh Kathleen, uh, would you like to talk about certain specific mind control programs that you personally had experience with, but you also see it play out on the macro level, like certain form of Disney programs or you know, certain things with celebrities, or you know, those kind of programs that people can actually relate to because what as like SRA survivors what we experience it uh, is like pretty much firsthand but it's not just us being exposed to it I the whole of the world also gets exposed to it but with you know a different dosage I feel so any particular programs that you would like to share with our audience that they can just be like huh this is a program yeah um the
1: first one that was coming through when I was having that whole intense panic attack experience was the diamond, the diamond programming. So that's something that you can look up and find out a lot about. it's like, it's a high level um, sex slave programming and Marilyn Monroe was considered the first person to be carrying that. And you'll see that in a lot of celebrities um, and a lot of celebrities will go through like a blonde phase where they're putting forth that Marilyn Monroe um, quality so that was coming through for me and then I've revealed other um, Disney programs so pretty much every Disney movie every Disney like very popular Disney character is related to a program so I had uncovered Beauty and the Beast and sleeping beauty um, so that would be and Alice in Wonderland is another huge one like um, and so that is all about like dissociation and going down the rabbit hole and
2: uh, yeah
1: <laughs> um, with like the sleeping beauty like I got this intuition that it was it was around being unconscious and then being raped or otherwise used while unconscious. Um, and the beauty and the beast is kind of perpetuating the handler paradigm. So being, um, attracted to the, the beast essentially, and the beast is a you know, Satan basically. So, um, And then self-destruct programming has been a big one that I've been clearing, and that's another big one for a lot of survivors, and that can definitely be seen on the macro level in everything, (laughs) Um, just in how the eating of flesh is promoted, and pharmaceuticals, and alcohol, and drugs, and numbing out, like, all of it is to push people to self-destruct and embrace their own demise um so that's a really significant one as well and then there was doll programming that came through for me also so just being used handled as a doll not having any agency um and that was a big one that i had to clear um so those are a few that come to mind at the
0: moment. So intense and so like so beautiful how you have been able to alchemize these programs. But definitely it's just sad and I'm so sorry that you have had this depth of experience and are now willing to share it with others. So thank you for that because your experience got like guides others has truly done for me and I know it would for many others as well thank you Um, for me I had uh, the snow white programming like literally being poisoned come up Uh and also this feeling that humans are parasites and you know you are dirty you don't deserve to live And I feel, I see that with, you know, that humans are the uh, problem programming with the climate agenda, with, you know, things wrong in the world. They're like, yeah, humans are the, humans cause destruction. Well, that's not true because we are wired for compassion and love. And when we're unconscious, we do act on that self-destructive programming, right? Right,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, and... Also, I feel the self-destruct program also manifests in like different ways because uh, I remember uh, I was like re-listening to our clubhouse chat the other day and I just like said like twice like I am alive so there is hope available and then this year I was reflecting on it like I had like certain sort of programming that you shouldn't be alive after a certain age. And I was like, ah, okay, this makes sense. Like, that was a big deal. Like, you know, if you are not like giving them or siphoning that energy, then okay, you self-destruct yourself. And I literally did that with like, with the eating disorder where I didn't used to eat and starve myself. So it was interesting to see how the dots connect and especially the beast programming with you know being codependent and enmeshed with narcs and also how you mentioned about how technology is used and you know certain things are targeted so when you know you're on the phone or you know excessively having like a phone addiction or with any technological device addiction those kind of things So yeah, like this is really beautiful that you have this awareness that the programming completely sucks. And uh, I hope the people who are listening to it can just like, you know, connect some dots for, for themselves or just be more conscious about what they're observing. Because I think after this whole episode, it I couldn't like go back and watch Disney. Because my inner children used to be obsessed with it. But now I'm like, nope. <laughs> Not yeah. And also, I don't know if like there is a specific programming bit. You know, like Mickey Mouse kind of things. But like being abused and assaulted by masked people with like wearing white gloves. And just, yeah, like a thousand different ways it can manifest. But it's just... Sounds so bizarre to like someone who is never exposed to this, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And like, um, there are certain people who, like Bryce Taylor, for example, she wrote Thanks for the Memories, um, it's a book about her experience, but she talks about being abused at a Disney um park, and there's a lot of like sexualization that goes into disney programming as well so um yeah there's a lot there and like the satanists definitely enjoy infusing things that are meant to be like light and innocent with a lot of darkness and um basically poisoning people in that way
0: Yeah. And I feel like that goes for like the whole Hollywood machinery or like any popular programming that you watch, like in every culture, there would be something that would, they would have been like, that's there, like embedded in the programming for everyone. Like, for example, I know for Bollywood, it's like, you know, this being codependent with the family cult programming that's 100% there. And uh, yeah, it's just, insane how so much of this stuff really exists and uh, thank you for you know being willing to talk about this stuff because I feel like personally people who have not experienced this I had a hard time talking to them about this stuff because it's just you know bizarre in a way and you offer this as your coaching services you offer this you know as a friend in your work and your service to the world so I think that's a huge part in anyone who is uncovering memories or will uncover memories or it's just being like cautious about what's going on in the world
1: yeah and I just want to clarify um, that I don't help people like heal trauma like that would be Liana. Solely Liana, yeah, is who I direct people to for that. But more, I have a lot of knowledge about the physical cleansing, like the health aspects that can help people uncover things. And then I want to offer healing music that supports people to feel nourished in their journey and just anything that I can offer about my experience that can be of service. So that's where I
0: operate (laughs) yeah thank you for clarifying and you know providing that layer of clarity um so is there any message of hope that you want to share with you know any survivor or someone who feels that they might have been a victim of this but don't know just yet
1: yeah just that anything is possible, and Jesus is limitless, his love is limitless and endless, and that he's never left you, like no matter what has happened to you, no matter who has given you that messaging that you're unworthy, dirty, um, incapable, he has always been with you, and As you continue your healing process and turning to him, he will show you the steps and give you all the love that you need to heal. And it's never too late and you are worthy no matter what you've experienced, no matter what you've done, you are abundantly worthy of living an amazing, expansive, love-filled, free life
0: and we all deserve freedom that's so beautiful thank you for sharing that and um, I feel like we have covered a lot and <laughs> <laughs> would you like to tell us about the musical piece that you would be sharing with us
1: yeah that w- this is the first Song that I wrote after the panic attacks and after everything had come up, and um, it's uh, about nature, Mother Nature, and her support in my healing and the experience of breaking free. So um, it's vocals and cello and declaring my sovereignty.
0: that's perfect and beautiful and uh, i would be adding it to the end of her episode for everyone who is interested and you know experience that sense of peace and beauty um yeah kathleen i really wanted to ask you in this whole process um connecting with inner children when they're showing you memories is like you know getting their trust and being there for them so I had read your post where you mentioned about being a container for them having you know consistent habits even through the craziness of the panic attacks and everything so can you share more about it because you know how did you create safety like for yourself along with Jesus and you know mother earth
1: yeah um, so definitely like disconnecting from toxic family that was really huge like showing my inner children that um, I was going to stand by them with that and um, having a safe location safe space and then yeah, being really consistent with those daily habits. So coming up with like your non-negotiables. So for me, it's like a daily walk. And then I'm pretty consistent with doing morning pages every morning. So that's three pages of longhand writing, stream of consciousness, and just my daily clean eating and prayer. Um, And then I was just like in the summer before everything started to surface, I was really, I had put up like these cute, like unicorn stickers, like different things that my inner children enjoy. And I was singing to them and like being playful and being silly. And it really like, as you were saying, like provided that container for them to start showing me like the heavier, um, more difficult stuff, uh, and just, like, deepen into that, um, trust with them, and then, like, when they've had cravings to, like, go back to abusers and go back to things that are familiar, like, just standing very strong and just reminding them, like, you know, that would only be painful, um it would only cause more destruction and just really standing firm for them in that way.
0: Wow, that's like really practical and grounded and so helpful, like providing that sense of safety for the inner children. Um, Kathleen, uh, there was this one particular post of yours where you had talked about that Jesus sees all your pain he weeps for all that you have been through can you share more about it because for people who haven't like connected with Jesus or you know that depth of connection can you share more about his heart for us and his love
1: yeah I feel like his example is I mean I feel like he like his journey on earth was like so profound and he was just walking with such an open heart and so much wisdom and such a high vibration and he experienced the depth of the whole human experience and seeing all the darkness that's here and being tempted by Satan and being condemned and this whole like treacherous journey. So, and he sees the totality of our experience. So like, I'm able to sometimes tap into like the depth of just his just capacity to hold it all. Like for me, I might feel limited in being able to feel a certain depth of sorrow. It might be hard um, to go there for me, like my human self, but he's able to feel all of that. He's able to see all that I've done, all that's been done to me, and the whole depth of it, like no, no shame, no like restriction, no contraction. And as I feel, like, the depth of his heart, it helps me to go to those places. Like, even the past couple days with this full moon energy, like, I've been having some of the deepest cries I've ever had. And I keep getting the guidance, just give this to him. Like, he's there. He has you. Like, he's the one who allows me to go into those really deep spaces and it's a very personal unique journey for everyone but working with liana has opened that up for me and it's been such an incredible blessing
0: that's so hard expanding and so joyful just you know seeing his example and wanting to embody it more and being able to do that for yourself so at some point did you have this uh mindset or emotional switch because the programming conditions want to you know serve like the sex life programming or you know to serve others for their gratification and now you are in service to life in the name of jesus so how did that relationship with service switch for you
1: Yeah, that, it's very true that I was in that mode, especially with that partner that I mentioned. I felt that I needed to serve him,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um, it's played out in other situations as well. And I think it was um, becoming a yoga teacher, like the kind of yoga that I was teaching is dark. It's kundalini yoga, but uh, becoming a yoga teacher started to shift me more into the service to God aspect. Um, and I really like was enjoying connecting with my students and just seeing that there were other ways to serve besides just, um, sexually. So I feel like that was an opening for me. And, um, then stepping into working with Liana and I stopped teaching yoga, um, and stop doing that kind of yoga. And now it's like making that shift into what Liana talks about with the enchanted path of following Jesus and waking up every day. How can I serve and following what he's showing me? And a lot of times it feels like baby steps because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so new, um, operating like that. But, um, It's like, less and less do I have those, like, flashes of, oh, I must serve sexually. Like, I'm shedding that for a much larger purpose that is true and divine and heart-centered.
0: Wow, this is, like, beautiful. Like, you have alchemized this experience by surrendering to Jesus, like, I don't know which words it was, but it's like he uses everything for his good. So even all the pain and trauma and he's working through you now to serve in this way. That's beautiful. Um, and uh, how did you shift, you know, how your inner children were feeling about trauma bonds or certain people or habits that gave them like a sense of safety?
1: Yeah, it's just been continuing to work with Liana's programs and um, like more and more distance from the abusers and the experience of having the flashbacks, having more and more memories come up and more truth be revealed and just seeing that what they were clinging to about a particular person isn't that person's you know, isn't what that person's truly capable of. That's just an illusion. And um, so the more and more experiencing the medicine of what's truly divine love and like, you know, Jesus and Mother Earth, but then also Liana, like being in Liana's energy so much and that true divine love and seeing how she parents um, that's and how she talks about like her father, like that's been really that's really been huge because it's like, well, that's how a parent is supposed to be. And so the more I'm tapping into that, like I no longer have the longing for that illusion of my parents and my upbringing. Um, So that's been a really significant shift. And, and also like, allowing for the grief like separating from Mm -hmm. even people who are toxic there's a lot of grief involved in that and never judging it and letting it come up when it comes up all the feelings like never restricting them like that's a huge part for me of releasing the trauma bond
0: yeah so what I'm hearing is that you allowed for the feelings of your inner children and honored them for what they are while you stepped into your parent role to just like witness grief provide that sense of safety and focus on you know switching your mindset from the processed sugar trauma bonded toxic love to like you know juicy ripe organic mangoes unconditional love of Jesus
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's totally it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome.
0: <laughs> hmm. So, what has been your biggest uh, realization talking about this for like an hour and a half, almost now? Like, do you see the beauty you are bringing with these experiences? Or, like, you know, what would be your personal takeaway?
1: Um, Yeah, I think it's, I think for so long, like, having experienced the SRA, the CSA, the, like, emotional abuse growing up, Like, there's been so much, like, self-abuse and so much just seeing myself as dark and unworthy. And it's, like, just a process of uncovering. Like, I talked about, like, the diamond programming. Like, now it's a process of uncovering my true diamond and beginning to see more and more the light that I'm carrying like just getting little glimpses of it and become like stepping into more comfort with seeing that and really I had mentioned it in my stories yesterday like how often I'm saying I'm so proud of you to myself and not like like I'm proud of you son like mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of yeah. mentality but like like truly like honoring the journey and continuing to be humble and know that I will always be healing and always evolving and expanding. But there's so much that I've overcome and honoring that.
0: Yeah, I I personally strongly feel that energy from you because, you know, no matter what has happened, no matter, you know, how long it like we don't even know how long it takes to like fully heal from it but like you have that dedication and compassion with yourself like hey this is my path this is how i am going to devote my life in service to jesus and i'm going to be here uncovering this trauma for as long as it needs until i can just embody the pure golden unconditional love that i have always been
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, that's definitely been a big motto for me. It's like, whatever it takes, however long it takes, like, no, I'm here. I'm here for it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, here for the long run, here for healing, here for Jesus, here for life. Um, Kathleen? that's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) I have two more questions for you. I'm not sure if more would pop up, but like... (laughs) but uh can you please tell me more about the eyes of the people that you were attracted to like for me those narcissists or those beast like eyes were like black hollowish like literal black holes of energy that's what i can best describe it how is it for you because i feel when people listen to this they could just like have some personal context for themselves and you know reflect back on their lives
1: Yeah, um, that's a really interesting point with my, with the partner that I mentioned. um, I had had a friend who was psychic tell me that she felt like he was occupying his body 10% of the time and the rest of the time it was dark entities. And so I would actually see that change in his eyes, like the times when it was actually him and some like tiny spark of light i would see that light in his eyes and then the rest of the time his eyes would be very flat and blank or kind of like disdainful and um my inner children really wanted to hang on to the light part because that's what they wanted to hang on to about childhood abusers as well and then i had another partner um was extremely charismatic, and I felt like his eyes kind of like sparkled, but like in kind of an unnatural way, like not a divine way. Like, hmm. because a lot of narcissists are very charismatic and they have this electric, magnetic energy. And what I noticed with him, there was this one time we were spending time together, and suddenly it was like a, a reptile basically like his eyes moved from one side to the other like very slowly <laughs> it was very very scary and so I think a lot of people aren't aware of all the non-physical like all the beings who can potentially occupy other people and that's something you can definitely see through the eyes and they're always a, an amazing indicator of yeah.
0: that so that's a really good point thank you for sharing and you know that's helpful to know like the craziness of just like seeing you know his eyes change that must have been alert you know with and not having these tools or Jesus the way you do now back then it must have been really challenging for your younger self
1: yeah and um, I was severely trauma bonded, so I'm like <laughs> Okay,
0: moving on. I just look for the light. <laughs> yeah, it's like that meme, like you know that fish and in the dark, and that one spark of the da- light that you know. <laughs> I see the light, me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, I feel one key thing that's coming to me from our discussion today is that. Like we are trained for our life to be devoted to someone else instead of just being like, hey, I am a sovereign being. I can create what I want. And, you know, seeing that light within us, it's like our self-concept and image is tarnished from a person to be an object, to be used.
1: Absolutely.
0: Wow, so I feel looking back, you could be like super proud of your own personal journey because you have created so many of those massive layers and you are learning how to unconditionally love yourself.
1: Thank you so much and you too. Yeah, it's really
0: beautiful you. watching your journey as well. <laughs> yeah, like personally, I haven't talked much about this topic, but you know, I'm glad that I can host this and, you know, share more about your journey and how you do it. And whatever, you yeah, know, i yeah, because whatever I'm guided to share. <laughs> so that's there. And uh, another thing for people who have experienced sexual abuse or, you know, some sort of thing sometimes doing coffee and a mask can be really challenging for them and you know they are a huge part of purging parasites detoxing the liver and the whole thing that we know and learn in HMI and you know so any words of advice for someone who is you know uncovering sexual abuse or SRA like And, you know, the way that, you know, those thoughts would come up, like my body is malfunctioning or I can't digest foods anymore or can't do enemas anymore. Like, you know, just all these weird things that happen.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of patience with yourself and definitely leaning on Jesus and doing that inner children work like through Liana's programs to release. The shame because shame can be such a big piece when it comes to these like basic bodily function issues, Um, and for the coffee enemas, really creating like a like for women doing the womb healing from Liana. That's the way I started out with coffee enemas, and it was really sacred and making it a very um, just nourishing like spa time with candles and sage and frankincense and soothing music as you're getting prepared and um, just talking, talking to your inner children and telling them, you know, this is a, this is a self-loving practice, even like appealing to your logical mind, reading up on all the benefits and um, talking to other people who do coffee enemas to like normalize it and Uh, Maybe even for your inner children, like having a stuffed animal nearby and like um, just making it as soothing an experience as you can. And also, um, and this is a very like small, (laughs) detailed uh, thing, but um, if you're ever having trouble not getting the enema tube in, like not to ever force it in. You never want to be um, mimicking in any way an experience of force or like invasion. So like using coconut oil, vitamin E oil, like just making it as nourishing, soothing, grounded as you absolutely can. And it definitely gets easier over time
0: beautiful so thank you for sharing that and uh, like you have shared a lot of you know practical things that people can do and also the basic mind control things that you know major programs that people can look at that what's around in the world and uh, I just wanted to know like How does it feel to be back in your body? Like after a lifetime of being disassociated or just, you know, uh, just all the stuff we talked about.
1: Well, it's still a process. (laughs) Um, And actually, like, I, like before I started uncovering all of this, I, I felt like I was in my body and I would, I was very free with dancing and hiking. And so uncovering all of this has actually, um, brought up a lot of discomfort. Um, but I think that's because I'm actually being in my body much more fully than I ever have. Meaning I am uncovering everything that has kept me, uh, blocked from truly inhabiting myself. So it's definitely still a process. I'm s- still very much in the cleansing mode, um, but I have so much more trust in myself. And I check in with my body about every choice throughout the day and how I'm navigating the world. And like, I have so much more ease when I'm out in public Uh, even before I started uncovering this, I would have, I would tend to get triggered and tense a lot more easily. And now that doesn't happen. There's a lot more fluidity and simple things such as like where to walk when I'm going into a store. Like there's a lot more of like an intuitive flow and I'm always kept safe, shielded, protected. So, um, yeah, it feels good. I know it's going to keep feeling better as I continue with the the clearing, but a lot more trust for sure.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that because now you are owning your body, how to move in this world, and also I feel it's going to be really helpful for people to just you know have that hope that it's possible i can trust myself i can trust my body i can trust what decisions to make and you know be their own authority
1: yeah definitely like a lot less um of a pt ptsd response when i'm out in the world like a lot more confidence and just ease moving about things and responding with expansiveness as opposed to contraction so that's been really a nice shift
0: perfect and beautiful um was there any specific thing for you that had been like hard to let go of like uh, you know like you are crazy or you can't trust yourself or you know Uh, anything or you know you are bad at this all these programs that come from handlers is there any specific one that was challenging for you the most
1: i feel like it's one that i'm still really seeing is around um punishment feeling like i'm meant to be punished and condemned that's still a still one that i'm working through and um Continuing to work with all of Liana's work and just, as I mentioned, like even just like being in her energy and seeing the life that she lives, so much is falling away. Like, yeah, there's been so much around scarcity and fear, and seeing from her that that doesn't need to be a reality at all, it's like a completely new way of living mm-hmm. so um, shedding the feeling that I'm meant to be punished or that punishment is waiting for me, um, that's definitely been the biggest one
0: Yeah, now that you mention it, I remember like, you know being told by like a handler or something like, you know uh, you are abandoned no one wants you because you have nothing worthwhile to offer so the best thing that you can do is like serve us and and it's just like deep unworthiness abandonment rejection and all those things coming up so yeah this is a deep one that you're moving through and i'm just sending you so much love through it as you you know purge it completely
1: Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So I feel (laughs) this would be around the time to wrap. So if you have any closing thoughts, go ahead.
1: All right. Well, it's such an honor to be on this. and Thank you so much um, for having me. And I'm just sending a lot of love to everyone, to you and to everyone who's listening, wherever you're at on your journey and knowing that you're worthy of this path of healing and, um, the life is to be celebrated and savored and nourished just like a juicy <laughs> mango. Um, and yeah, it's really just such an honor to be on earth at this time. And to be on this healing path it's like miraculous and
0: I feel very very grateful yeah and that reminds me like Liana had recently posted like I am a miracle like just like anyone who has actually been through so much severe trauma or just like even exists there just like being here right now is a gift beyond measure and you know just us having this conversation is like a miracle Because, like, if we look back at all the programming and all that had happened, it should be impossible. But then, Jesus has other plans. So, everything is possible. That's
2: beautiful.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So... Thank you so much Kathleen for being here and thank you everyone for tuning in. If you have any questions leave them up in the comments and uh, I'll be linking all the things we discussed about and uh, also would be ending this with Kathleen's song so enjoy and talk to you soon.